Welcome to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we help online coaches learn how to elevate their brand, become the experts in their industries, so they can bring in more clients and create a life they want. I am your host, Chris Anderson. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review. And together, we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. Uh, today, we have Lewis Shank on the show today, and he is the CEO and founder of Boost Media Agency. So, Lewis, welcome to Elevate Your Brand. Chris, thank you so much for having me, man. I am, um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited to dive into it. Absolutely. So, uh, for those who are who can't see the video right now, Lewis has the iconic Michael Jordan picture on the back wall there of his, you know, taking flight slam dunk uh, from the free throw line. So, Lewis, it's safe to say you're you're into sports, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, kind of starting there because, you know, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs and, and you might have attested to this are athletes or were athletes at some point or had some sort of competitive nature. Uh, do you find that to be true with, you know, the clients you work with and just those you interact with? Yeah, I wouldn't say like, you know, it's not universal to all the clients we work with, but, you right. know, like I say, business is war, right? Like, Take it how you want. It's open to interpretation. But at the end of the day, it's like you are going to war every day, right? You're competing yeah. with a million other people who are trying to take your customers and beat you. And so, yeah, like I am naturally very competitive. And so, you know, when there's something on the line, it's like I, I really hate losing. And so there's actually, it was actually interesting. I was chatting with my mentor about it a while ago. And he asked everyone in this group we were part of, he's like, would you, are you the type of person that loves to win or hates to lose? Mm. Right? And so everyone kind of answered. And one of the most common traits among like really successful people is that they hate to lose, not that they love to win, right? So it's like moving away from that pain. So yeah, I think having a background in, you know, playing sports at a pretty high level Mm -hmm. really kind of gives me that competitive drive and hunger and, you know, motivation, if you will, to kind of not beat others, but yeah, beat others. Yeah. And you mentioned that your sport career, golf, right? Was your, your thing. Um, played we discussed you know juco for those junior college and then d1 here in the states because if you can't tell lewis has a little bit of an accent to us listening in the states from australia so what was it like coming over here and playing golf like compared to australia is is the level different like the competitiveness and things like that it's a way bigger pond um okay you know in the u.s and we don't have college golf like you know i think one of the greatest strengths of you guys as a country in one aspect is the fact you have such a great, you know, sporting community in the schools, right? It's the D1 colleges all just revolve around the sport and it's like incredible. Australia has, you know, they have a couple of like teams, but it's, yeah, it's not anywhere near that level. So a lot of golfers, well, not just golfers, but athletes will look to go to America to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. get their foot in a bigger door, more opportunity. So yeah, it was, it was a scary experience. Honestly, the first day I got there, I arrived in Wichita, Kansas, right? <laughs> growing up in a city, going into Wichita, and then we're driving to the school. And for the whole hour drive, we're just driving through these like cornfields and like yep. it's just wispy brown grass. And <laughs> I'm literally sitting there. My dad was next to me and he's like, I looked at him and was like, man, like what am I gotten myself into? <laughs> then obviously you get to the town, you see the school, you're like, okay, there's actually people that live here. That's, yep. that's a good sign, right? Yep. I thought yep. I was going into, you know, some desolate place. But that experience of like getting that far out of my comfort zone was yeah, like I was very shy, introverted and, okay. you know, through a lot of experiences, like just that was the biggest step for me in terms of like personal growth in my life, I would say. 
Mm, that's really cool to 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 do that. You know, take that step and you know move to another country for schooling and um you know and golf especially like so i like golf i'm not good <laughs> at golf i'd say i'm probably average or maybe probably a little below average if we're being honest um but it's such a like golf is just it's it's you versus you literally i mean for the most part yes you can compete against other people but when you're out there really it's it's really just you against yourself and i think in entrepreneurship and you correct me if I'm wrong because you're, you know, you're the, you're the pro in my eyes, um, with golf, but you have to, you know, battle that inner voice, you know, that mind, what's going on in your head to, cause if you, if you, if you just, you know, hook that ball, you know, out, out, uh, into the rough or, you know, out of bounds for me, that happens quite a bit, but, um, you have to get back on mentally. Like you have to, that has to be gone and it has to be the next thing to improve and move forward. Right. Um, and that's kind of like in the game of entrepreneurship as well. Correct. It's they're, they're both games that are won and lost in the mind, right? Mm. Like, you know, you can in golf, right. You can hit the exact shot in practice a hundred times. And then there's all this pressure on you. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, don't hook it. Oh, this out of bounds there. And your mind just starts racing. So it's, it is a true talent and skill uh, to be able to, control your mind and slow things down in those pressure moments like I, I don't think i've ever felt the pressure in business that i did in golf that being said you know as you reach you know newer heights and higher levels of course there'll be more pressure coming on but yeah like it it truly is a game of you know battling your inner demons and being yeah. able to control them and then pushing forward it's crazy yeah and it, it's so crazy that like you mentioned like as you grow on entrepreneurship like starting out it's a whole whole you know certain way of things you got about you i mean you've got to improve yourself and you know figure all that out figure out how to grow the business but then as you're going it's you know okay what what are my true like skills where am i really good at what can i outsource delegate and things of that nature and yeah like you said it, as you grow and as you continue to build the 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 challenges become different and you have to face new things so it's, it's always a new competition almost uh, as we grow and I think that's, it's interesting too, with what you do with Boost Media, you know, helping businesses and, and brands, you know, grow through PR, through publications and things of that nature. Um, you know, not many people really think about that aspect. Why did you, you know, kind of lean into that as a, as a, you know, as a business? Yeah, I would say I fell into it, to be honest. <laughs> so I, I have an events company as well that I started pre-pandemic and then obviously, pandemic hits not many face-to-face -face events are being run so yeah basically had to make some changes very quickly and one of my good friends who like he lived in canada for six years we grew up in the same town um we stayed connected the whole time which was very fortunate because i think i was the only person in our whole friend group to keep in contact with him and anyway he ended up doing some you know getting into business and sales and all this stuff and so like as he was kind of growing at the time he was building sales teams so basically you know they would approach companies, build sales teams for them, et cetera. He had an opportunity at a PR company. He's like, dude, I think this would be a great opportunity for you to do. I could only be a few hours a day. You know, you're just doing like an SDR type role, just, you know, basically getting them more clients. And mm. yeah, that's how I like fell into it. Cool. And then like when I learned about the business, I was like, wow, this is so cool because, you know, the power of getting someone into like, you know, imagine the biggest publication in, in Indiana, right? And you're on the mm -hmm. front page of it. You know, you show that to your friend, you show it to the family, like, the feeling that you get internally from that and then all the benefits you can have in business, it's like 
it was incredible for me to see. And I was like, man, I want to learn everything about this. And yeah, I pretty much learned how the guy ran his whole business, got in, in touch with a bunch of people that he knew. And then, yeah, pretty much just started my own thing because I didn't want to, awesome. I didn't want to work for him, to be honest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, I think that's another thing too, like that I found with myself, like I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I like to help people and I like to, you know, do positive things, but you know, I just, and especially when people tell you like, oh yeah, good luck. You can't do that or something like that. That really lights fire under me too. I think kind of going back to what you say, don't like to lose, but so, you know, with, so you step out, you start boost media. What, what challenges did you face? If you're willing to share any that, that you had to overcome maybe at the beginning, you know, first, maybe a couple years, um, that might be beneficial for the audience to hear. Yeah, I think like pretty much every business owner in the first few years, we're, we're our own biggest, you know, obstacle, right? It's just about getting out of our own way and letting things happen, right? Yep. Like, I think one of the biggest things is just hiring the right people. Like, mm. it, you know, it's very cliche, like, you know, you got to find talent, etc. But like, when you when you hire someone good, you really know, right? And it can be scary to make that hire where it's like, you know, you're spending X amount of money on this person. Yep. Is it going to be worth it? Um yeah, so I think definitely the challenges has been hiring the right people. But yeah, I almost think trying to grow it too fast as well and just hiring so many people that it just caused so much chaos. And yeah. it's like I was micromanaging 10 different people on a day-to-day basis. Hey, how do I reply to this? Hey, what? And so like I realized that when you actually get good people, you don't need that many of them. Like I was mm. like, I really thought about it. I was like, okay, I'm going to step out of the frame here and be like, hey, how, like what is working right now? It's like, well, these three people are literally contributing nothing. Like if I just co- completely eliminated them, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change, right? Revenue's not going to drop. Clients aren't going to get worse results. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to cut them. And so one person, like I had one guy who literally did more output and more work than three people combined. So yeah, yeah, I definitely think getting the right people on your team and just like constantly innovating upon like your services and offerings, right? Like mm. people are always going to have you know, new problems that you can kind of solve. So just like taking the time to actually like ask them, like, you know, what else are you struggling with? Is there anything that we can kind of support you on? And yeah, just putting connection and relationship with the clients there. Yeah. I think that's huge. The the scaling at the right speed kind of thing and, and the right, you know, width and depth. And I, you know, I heard the other day, I can't remember who said it, but they said, it, you want to try to stay as lean as possible. Uh, you know, in, in the athlete sense of things, you know, being toned and lean is great, uh, but been, in business too, uh, being as lean as you can. I mean, you can't, you think some of these like huge companies uh, or even huge brands or, or individuals, uh, Gary V, you know, things of those nature, like they don't have hundreds and probably don't even have 20 employees. I would say probably fewer than that, like just staying really lean. Uh, to be able to, and you can still grow with that. That I think that's a crucial point you just made that, that I think people need to understand. Cause I think they, they look at these bigger things and, you know, they kind of get the, Oh, like I want to be just like that. And so they want to scale and bring in all these people uh, so fast or, or invest in certain things too fast. And I think we really, like you said, step out of frame, get it out, yeah. out, out of our own way and what we think is going to be best and kind of, you know, kind of really break it down from the outside. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And with that, so they are scaling, you know, they maybe maybe got a really great, you know, MVP on their team right now growing. Where does the PR piece really fit in well for entrepreneurs and, and businesses to utilize? Yeah. So the way I like to look at it, you already mentioned him before, but Gary V, 
mm-hmm. Alex Hormozzi, yeah, you know, Grant Cardone, all these people who you just see at the top of their spaces. Obviously, they've done you know really big things, which gives them a lot of brand and brand equity. But at the same time, it's like the way I look at it is like, how can we blueprint what these people are doing and then bring that to, you know, small to medium businesses that might be in the one to 30 employee range? Because most business owners, unless they, you know, win some kind of award or go and actively try and get it themselves, they don't get a lot of attention, right? right? There'll be a lot of huge companies that you would literally never have heard of because they've just never like one, like maybe hired a team or like hired an agency to do it for them or they've never actually reached out themselves. So, what I found is there's so many of these businesses that are in like the three to, you know, five, six year uh, kind of age that have never had any kind of media exposure. They've got great products, great service, great customers. And one of the most common things I hear is like, man, like I've, I've been thinking about PR for a while, but I just didn't know how to do it or how to go about it. So it's one of those things like, you know, about building the brand and really establishing, you know, having more third party credibility, right? Mm-hmm. So like, Obviously, people don't care what we say about ourselves. Like <laughs> yeah. every single marketer nowadays puts seven figure, eight figure in their bio. And like, honestly, probably half of them are lying, right? right. Like just to be straight up honest. And so yeah. one of the things is like, what are other people saying about them, right? If they have a ton of case studies and testimonials and you know they've been reached out to by some big podcasts or they've been, you know, in mm-hmm. a publication like Inc or Forbes magazine, then, you know, that's when people actually go, okay, cool. This person is really, you know, a trustworthy individual. So it's a double-edged sword though because you have to be careful right you can't just go ahead and like help someone who doesn't have a business or is like ripping people off do these things because you know it it's scary how powerful it can be yeah right? like so yeah, it's a bit of a double-edged sword in that regard but i think ultimately what we we like really want to do and what we help people with is just building personal brands that mm. grow the business for them because the reality is the biggest lead generator in a small business of like one to 20 people is the founder right yeah. like they're, they're getting on the phones, they're sending the emails, they're connecting on LinkedIn, whatever that may be. And so when you get reached out to by someone, it kind of, it takes not a lot of time to see, well, do I, do I like this person? Would I want to work with this person? And I literally was, I never go on Facebook and probably an hour before this, I was like, oh yeah, I got a bit of time. Like before the, this interview, I'll, I'll jump on Facebook. And I was going through all these friend requests and all these people in business. And I literally deleted 80% of them <laughs> because I looked at them and I'm like, I, I wouldn't, I, I I couldn't probably sign you as a client, right? right. And like they're trying to sell you stuff. So point being, the brand is really the foundation of everything else. Yeah. So what are some some things people can do, like you said, early on in, in the in the journey to build that powerful personal brand since they're like, you know, the CEO, the founder, they're the main image of it so far. What are some things that you've seen work for for good personal brands to to get out there? Yeah, so I think a lot of it really comes down to positioning. And mm-hmm. like I said, first impression. So there's ways that, you know, as a small business owner or someone starting out, you can do this really effectively, right? Like one, I would just start investing in like the content and the brand. So mm-hmm. getting, I think for like, this is a very underrated thing and it sounds so simple, but just having some professional photos taken will make the biggest difference you've ever seen. Because yeah. if you're the face there and like you see someone's profile picture and they're taking yourself in the bathroom, like, I mean, come on, like no one's, no one's going to do business with you. Let's be honest. So right. having that image is very important. So yeah, one, investing in your brand in terms of the the content, even videos, like getting on video is a really powerful way to build trust because that they can hear you speak. They can get a feel for your tone of voice. They, they kind of can understand you. So yeah. on top of that as well, obviously, you know, people can start to reach out to podcasts and start to share their story and message and just, yeah, post content that's authentic to you. Don't try and say, oh yeah, like, you know, I, 
you, you see people all the time that, uh, you know, they help people get to seven figures and they've never done it themselves. Right. So just share your experiences of things that you're an expert in, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to take this from Alex Hormozzi here and say, you're an expert in your own life, right? Yeah. Like if you, if you were able to scale the business to a hundred thousand, create content around how I scaled my business to a hundred thousand, yes. not how I help people get to a million because you're not, you haven't done it yourself. So yeah. just staying really true and credible to things you can do and that you have done. And yeah, just not copying everyone else because if you just sound like everyone else, like you're never going to resonate with anyone. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point. Yeah. Just really sticking to what you're really good at and what you've done. And, and I think a lot of people compare themselves like, oh, if I say I've only, you know, built a business that's, you know, high five figures, people are going to look at that and look at it like it's a bad thing. Like, no, like lean into that. That's huge because not many people have, you know, started from nothing to getting to that point even. So like, like you said, leaning into what you've done well, cause you can always continue. Like once you do hit six figures, then you can say that uh, and continue to expand on it. Yeah. And that's where opportunity meets preparation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, who knows, like in the near future, you might be doing consulting for, you know, people, you know, in that situation, you're trying to help them with before. And it might just happen in a much more congruent fashion, right? Where you feel yeah. like, okay, I can really help this person. Like I've had all these ideas like, yeah, I should do this. I'm just like, it's probably not the right time yet. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to get really, 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 really good. And then be like, okay, I'm going to start helping someone with like this new problem, right? Before just, you know, saying, hey, I'm like, you know, going to coach you to seven figures, going to coach you to eight figures or whatever. Yep, 100%. I I agree with that completely. Like just, yeah, focusing on one one thing. I have a lot of ideas too. And I think um, a lot of people probably can attest to that that they have the same thing, but focus on what you're good at growing that and then being able to expand later down the road. So with that, I know we kind of, we, we touched on, you know, the PR and why it's important, but when I think PR publications, personal public relations, things like that, you know, I think of written articles, online, you know, articles, is that the only way to get PR or are there other forms or avenues that you guys direct people into? Yeah. So just to kind of take a step back and just define PR. So PR, like public relations is literally just like your image to the public, right? So like that comes in many forms, right? Like, like this podcast. So like part of what we do for our clients is get them onto the right podcast in front of the right audience, because they're just building their brand to the public, getting known by more people Mm. and creating the content from that to then, you know, share with their audiences, reach new audiences through that too. So it's constantly about building that image. So, you know, TV, there's like newspapers, but everything is mostly like online nowadays. So our biggest two channels that we focus on is, yeah, like the online media and publications and then obviously podcasts too. So, yeah, I think that that's pretty much the main, I think, things that people can focus on too. Cool. So when people get on these things, like get on the podcast, get on or get into the articles, uh, I guess let's focus on the articles real quick. I have multiple questions flying in there, but do they actually write the articles themselves and send it in or do the, the um, like Forbes and all that, do they write the article on the person or is it a mix? Yeah. So the clients never write their okay. own stuff. So it just depends. So there's, there's several different ways you can land media for people. And so mm-hmm. like sometimes you'll pitch a journalist and they'll say, Hey, yeah, I really love like that piece of advice that they could give. I'll mention them in my upcoming article on like, you know, said topic. Right. Okay. Then there's ones where it's like, wow, that is such like an impactful and powerful story. So, one of our clients, this is a story I've shared a few times, but it was just like, 
I hate to say it because it's like a very sad story, but I knew it was going to be a success because you know what the media look for? They look for things that are like, you know, going to trigger emotion mm-hmm. and like get clicks. And so yeah, um, he was referred by like a friend and client. So his name's George. His dad passed away at mm-hmm. the start of the pandemic. You know, he was, I think he's George's 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. And his dad was the sole provider for his family, right? And so their whole business, like his dad's business was pretty much, you know, couldn't operate because he passed away and mm-hmm. the business had debt. And so like George was in like a really tough spot. And so he ended up starting this, you know, female, uh, it's like these mirrors, these, they have like the selfie ring lights in them. Anyway, mm-hmm. he ended up doing like a hundred grand in sales in like 60 or 90 days. And, you know, from there he like started providing for his family and like within 12 months, he like bought his sister, like didn't buy his sister a house, but like helped her with the deposit to buy a house. And so, you know, it's just one of those like triumph over adversity stories. And I was like, I, I know a journalist will mm-hmm. run with this. And so we got him into the Daily Mail, which is one of the biggest publications here. And like cool. the next day, like, because obviously they link it back to the the website and stuff. He had a massive increase in traffic because it was just like, you know, where everyone kind of reads. So that's awesome. yeah, I think like to go back to what you said that there's multiple ways, but it's either one, the journalist writing, or we'll pitch them on an idea and they'll say, Hey, can you guys create the content? So Mm. Our whole service is done for them. So our clients, yeah, they don't have to do anything besides obviously the podcast interviews because we can't send a clone in for them. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's cool. And and I think it's, that's a neat perspective on, you know, the way to get out there. And I, cause you, you know, sometimes you like, will it really do much to be in any of these big publications? Cause you, I feel like I see a lot of people like I'm in Forbes, I'm an entrepreneur magazine. Like, the 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 traffic actually sends but it sounds like it actually has a positive uh direction once you get in there people do read those um and as long as you have kind of your funnel set up right uh, the the benefit would be there yeah no it definitely is and look some people can get like a huge you know uptick in traffic and conversions right away but that that's not the case 100 percent of the time for sure right right? like Mm -hmm. but if you look at anyone at the highest levels, they have all that stuff. And so it just kind of builds that social proof. And, you mm-hmm. know, it, this is one of the things I'm constantly asking people about. It's like, how can we track the ROI better, right? You can look at clicks and all that stuff, but it's like over time when people search your name up and they see all this great stuff about you, that could be the deciding point between them working with you and the next person who does the same thing because they read a really cool story about you. You yeah. shared some personal things in there and like, wow, that really resonated. I'm going to work with, I'm going to work with Chris. Right? Yeah. I love your story. So, yeah, I think it's one of those like one percenters. Like like when I used to play football, my coach would always say, mm. just worry about the one percenters, right? So, like it, it's part of the foundation of building the business and the brand and just having omnipresence, being everywhere will really, you know, you can't put a number on it or an exact percentage, but it helps. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's what we talk about when we when we talk to, you know, potential clients and things of that nature. Like having a video podcast, like you mentioned earlier, the video content, you know, increases that trust factor with, with individuals because they can see you and hear you, but like having your own show and getting out there and putting content out there through that consistently, like that elevates you in the eyes of those, those potential clients too, in your audience, because like now they hear you talking uh, and they're trusting you more and more. And so you become that expert in whatever your show is talking about. And then when you partner with, you know, PR getting in these publications, um, getting on the news or things of that nature, like that's a, just another level, another kind of layer of you know expertise that you now show, 
And then, you know, the, the whole, you know, conversation about authoring a book and things like that. Like you, we have to now, because so many people are out here doing it in the spaces, you have to set yourself apart and you have to show that expertise and, and show people like, I'm not, I'm not someone just sitting in my mom's basement, like just, just winging it or, or just, you know, making everything up, like faking it kind of thing. Like, um, I think that's a huge, huge thing, uh, is to build that, that trust and that expertise, uh, view for the audience and multiple streams, like you said, omnipresence everywhere. So, um, with, with that, can people do it on their own? I'm sure they can. It's probably obviously working with you to get published is going to be a lot simpler. Uh, but maybe you say they don't have the the means to, to invest yet with you guys. What would some tips you give be for them trying to get published? Uh, anything yeah, on their own? Build relationships. So before you ever ask for anything, just build relationships. So like a really simple process anyone can follow is, you know, one, find a publication that, you know, ideally you'd want to be in, something that's relevant to your audience and, you know, your expertise. Then I would find the journalists that are writing topics, uh, writing about subjects that are, you know, relevant to you. Then I would just give them a follow on, li- on LinkedIn, Twitter. That's where most journalists, you know, hang out and post content. Mm-hmm. I would just start sharing some of their content, not like sharing every article they <laughs> post on every day because that's a bit stalkerish. Yeah. But just sharing an article like once a week and, you know, putting a comment on there saying like, you know, great piece from XYZ, um, author, mm-hmm. journalist, contributor. Then, you know, I would just send them a personalized message that says, you know, Hey, name, uh, really enjoying your content. Um, you know, appreciate your work. Don't ask for anything and just keep adding value. And then, you know, in a month's time, you might say, Hey, hey, Sarah, um, been following along your content for a while. Just wanted to let you know that I've got a really, you know, cool idea that I think your audience would benefit from. Um, if you're interested in learning more, let's just have like a, a quick chat. And so, yeah, I, I just think the, the most successful way for anything is to go relationship first and especially yeah. in the media because they get pitched hundreds of times a week, if not a day. Yeah. So if you don't, if you don't make it personal, they're, they're just going to ignore you. For sure. And no, I, I think that's a great, good, great tips right there. Now, for those who are curious, if you're going that route, trying to get, get recognized and, and, you know, in publications on your own, do those publications charge still, or is it kind of, if they think it's a good story, they're just going to do it because it's going to help them in their position job wise. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact percentage, but a high most of them it, you'll be done organically, like okay. no fee. But some some do have a fee, right? Okay. Some of them will offer you different partner brand content. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways to go about it. But it's like I, like anything as well. It's a numbers game. Like if yeah. you reach out to ten publications, chances are you're probably going to get you know something. Um, maybe not. Like I have I have this client who he I, I don't know how it doesn't work. Like to be honest, like. I say client, but I'm, he's more of a friend. And uh-huh. so anyway, he's a young guy. He's got four and a half million followers on TikTok, got wow. connected by one of my other friends who's got a massive following on TikTok. He doesn't make a ton of money from it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was like, look, man, I'll help you out for free. We came up with like this really, really good pitch. Like, and it was crazy. Like, I think we said it's like 10 journalists. He actually got a response from a lady at Inc. And she's like, if this was mm. two weeks earlier, it would have, I would have been perfect. It was just bad timing. Uh, so you got to be timely. That's the important yeah. thing. If it's a story that's, you know, months weeks old not relevant they won't do it but even for this guy with a huge brand like it's been a struggle for him to do it himself right like even with the strategy so yeah it's it can be a hard a hard thing to crack right so doing it on your own but that being said you know 
there's clients who I've been shocked and they're like, yeah, like, you know, got reached out to by you know, Forbes <laughs> or someone. So it's cool. That is cool. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of possibility out there. And, uh, but like what you said, building the relationships regardless, um, I think it's just crucial to be able to do that in business for, for any means, for any path. Um, and you know, it's most rewarding too, because you're not just trying to take you're you're, you're giving more, um, which, you know, it just overall is better in the long run for that. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So I'm curious. So what's boost got coming up? Anything big plans with the business or, or eyeing anything or just, you know, nose down to the grindstone, keep going. Yeah, pretty much just keeping going with what we're doing, just adding some new acquisition channels in. So pretty much all of our client acquisition has come through cold, um, cold okay. outreach. So we've got a couple of paid traffic sources that we're about to implement, Facebook, Instagram, potentially YouTube as well. Nice. The ads were meant to be launched a few weeks ago, but I was actually on vacation in Europe. So I was a little bit slow to get the, the agency, everything they needed to run the ads. But uh, yeah, everything should be launched by next week. So yeah, just, just really focusing on, you know, getting our clients good results, uh, acquiring new acquisition channels and then continuing yeah. to scale. That's awesome. That's so cool. Well, keep up the great work with it. I'm curious now, this is kind of more of a personal question, just kind of round things off. Where's the, where's your favorite golf course? Do you have a favorite golf course that you like playing? It's funny you say that. So <laughs> probably my favorite golf course is it's a golf course called Cottonwood Hills. Uh, it's in Hutchinson, Kansas. I don't think it's still open. <laughs> Oh. So like we were talking about before this, like when I went to school in Kansas, mm-hmm. so they have uh, a course called Prairie Dunes Country Club, which was the 27th best golf course in the whole world when I was there. I think it's like 50-something now. Okay. It dropped in the rankings a little bit, but still great. Um, but then there was this course. So Nick Faldo, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, yeah. one of the most famous golfers that's probably ever played the game. He still okay. commentates for the golf. but. He designed this course that was, you know, somewhere off in the prairies and it was shut down because it wasn't making any money. And they they literally reopened it in my second year of college. And man, it was like no golf course I have ever played before. It was <laughs> crazy. The first time I played it, I literally thought it was impossible because you can't see any of the fairways. Like on the tee, all you can let you see is just wispy grass because there's like <laughs> these rises and then there's like yeah, like I said, like nothing I'd ever seen. And I oh. It was an incredibly hard golf course, but I don't want to say I mastered the course, but like I, I figured out how to play it and no one could beat me there. Like, cause That's we'd always awesome. have our team qualifying and like, I would say nine times out of 10, I had the lowest score because I just, I knew how to play the course and yeah. I played it smart and everyone else, you know, yeah, I, I, I would love to go back and play that course. That's awesome. That's cool. And what, what's your strongest suit in golf? Is it driving? Is it your short game? Depends what day. One day it's putting, one day it's driving, one day it's irons. It's it's rare when everything works really well in golf. Like no matter what level, it's very rare when everything's just like perfect. There'll be yeah. the putting's off today, but the driving was good. And, yeah, and it's funny if you, putt, if you putt good, it's it's the it's the, the saving grace if you can putt really good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's funny because like you watch the all the you know golfers on the Masters and things like that, the competitions and. Like even their bad days, in my opinion, just because I'm not that good. I'm like, shoot, I wish that was my my good day. <laughs> so um, is there any golfer that you would love to meet? Or have you met any famous golfers or I I mean I met the guy I'd like to meet again, Cameron Smith. Um okay. Aussie guy, he's number two in the world. Mm-hmm. I did meet him, but it was like 
were playing against each other at Interstate Golf back in oh. 2010. Okay. Um, he was a freak. Then. I was going like, to say, was, did you just play and you're like, oh my gosh, that guy's going to be freaking good. So we didn't. So he was in. So I live in Queensland now, but I grew up in a different state. He was playing for Queensland. I was playing for ACT. And so when we were playing, we both happened to be like resting. So like our teams played, but we didn't actually match each other. But like we we're on the first tee chatting and like we exchange, you exchange badges for the state. And so like okay. he gave me his, I gave him mine. So like it'd be cool to meet him again. Um, Tiger Woods, I think would be cool, of yeah. course. But yeah. that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, Lewis, man, it's been a good conversation. I've really appreciated everything you shared. I think the audience can take a lot away from this conversation just to build their brand even more and kind of get out there and get seen. So um, I appreciate you taking time and, and sharing today. Likewise, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll probably have you back on in the future. I hope uh, schedules Thank align. You. you A lot of good information. So everybody, make sure you get connected with Lewis uh at lewis shank on instagram right is i got that right correct okay yeah. cool yeah get connected with him see what he's doing learn from him uh and if you're ready for publications uh, getting out there reach out uh get started and uh again um got to elevate yourself got to get out there got to be seen uh on video and in publications so so take start taking the steps even their baby ones um to get that process rolling and that but again lewis thanks again and everybody else until next time and thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well.